Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, episode 26, emanating from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street near the Birmingham Bridge. I call it Pittsburgh's Bourbon Street. It is. It is Pittsburgh, right? Jimmy, yeah. Well, you're a strip guy that moved to the south side. Yes. Saturday night, it is like Bourbon Street, man. Drive down Carson, people just <laughs> going crazy. You know? It's all about, it's and what I love about East Carson Street, it's uh, not all cookie cutter stores. It's all eclectic, original places of all Pittsburgh. And maybe more mm -hmm. than uh, their share of tattoo places, too. We got all the tattoo places cornered here. Strip the same way. Strip's a nice little blend of... You know, some of the modern couple franchises here. Mostly, though, it's Pittsburgh. You know, mom and pop places have been here forever. Southside's a lot like that also. It's got a nice mixture. It's like, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, well, we're like, a nice balance. We're in the wine cellar at 23rd and Vine. We're only allowed in the cellar. <laughs> yeah. places. Bob Bazzelli, Lou Caputo, the owners, will not allow us above ground. Yeah, well. Yeah, no, no merchant will. We're working our way. Here. But I think there's a place for a little performance stage here in the corner. We're going to do it. Bob and I were dreaming it up. We keep talking about this. Yeah, When's this going to happen, Jim? Stage built. As soon as they build a stage. Oh. <laughs> you don't need so, a stage. <laughs> stage right here. Yeah. Our Brian special guest this week <laughs> is Brian Drusky. Drusky Entertainment. His name has been synonymous with entertainment in the city and the tri-state since 2006. But going back before that, Brian, I had met you. Uh, you were trying to emerge your way into television. Fortunately, you saved yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then uh, you started. You got the bug, though. You wanted to promote local acts originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I started, like I said, I was an intern for Larry and John Shumway. Sorry, an intern for Larry and John Shumway in 1993 Two songs. One her. was "Break It to Me Gently." Oh wow! And you're thinking, where is that coming from? A nine-year-old that you you knew. I'm not going to say I knew she was going to be a multi-Grammy award winner, but you knew like she had real oh, talent. She had swear presence. To, swear to God, mm -hmm. and Brian she's, she's, was one of our special interns. Probably, <laughs> I knew he was going to be a success. I swear to God, I got to, I'm watching. I'm at the Penguins game. Christina Aguilera is like ten. She's singing the national anthem. I'll never forget it. It was like amazing. I'm blown away. I'm like, what is this purpose? Little girl and the guy behind me going, she ain't never going nowhere. It's like, it's never gone. It's like what? Are you talking? So that is so for me. Every time I see your name, which is daily, yeah, uh, I think about it. that's just another cool connection in yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, definitely. So when uh, you went out and started booking unknown acts originally, yeah, right? Exactly. Like local. You know, I was trying to get more, uh, trying to get into the television field, and that mm -hmm. didn't happen. Uh, so I started uh, working with uh, local acts, and I, I'd always been a big music person. So I started working with local acts. What, what local acts did you start working with? Uh, do you remember band. any? No, but none that we would remember or know. Uh, uh, let's see, like uh, the Buzz Poets. If you remember the Buzz. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, love I love the Buzz Poets. Yeah, yeah. very they talented. They made it. Okay, nice. somewhat. Yeah, very talented. Yeah. Um, and then you know, then I worked working with a couple other ones as well, and then I met Rich Engler, because uh, I was booking a band. 
he liked this band that I booked. They were kind of like a jam band called Pied Piper. Okay. Um, and then we put him on some shows, and I met him, and then they needed somebody. They were starting like a management, DC's Ringler management team. They needed somebody to book shows for, so he mm-hmm. hired me. they hired me for that. And then that kind of went by the wayside, and then I stayed on because I was learning all the other, everything else at the, uh, you know, at that as a being a promoter and stuff, and then he offered me a job. You must have been, in, we know Rich, obviously, and he, you must have been like a, gam, must be a gambler deep down, because that's a gambling game, isn't <laughs> this it? This is a gambling, right? This is like legal gambling. <laughs> it right? is, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> you know, you could, you know, doing this, you can, one day you can make a lot of money, and one day you can lose a lot of money. It just <laughs> depends on how well, you're, how smart you are, or how uh, stupid you it's are. It's a great rush, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. You, you suffered tremendously, like, uh, so many entertainment related organizations and performers because of COVID. Oh right? yeah, that we never that's the first time like everything has been shut down. I mean, it was like a good a few months. I mean, cuz we did the uh we ended up doing drive-in shows because they they were socially distant and stuff. We did that in uh uh place in Butler. The uh I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we started doing that, but for for most people, it was just shut down. I mean, it was very difficult business. I mean, we actually, uh, a bunch of us independent uh, promoters around the country put together, uh, there was a thing called NEVA. It's a National Independent Venue Association. And we kind of started that for us to be able to survive, a, a mm-hmm. group of people to survive. And, and we did. So it was, you know, some, some people didn't, but, uh, you know, it was... Well, you, you must be doing okay. You have a very expensive shirt on. <laughs> it, it, Look at the threads. It's not easy. Oh, yeah. Can I take a feel of that? Okay, yeah. That's kind of It's kind of cool when you go through adversity, though, and you get through oh, it, yeah. right? Yeah, because so there's you nothing know, like it. Because this is the first time like, my phone didn't ring 100 times a day. Right. You know? well, we took <laughs> it for granted that yeah. there would always be live right. concerts. I mean, no one in a million years could have figured that we would have another I just pandemic last that would week. shut down the world. I, I, I just, I've been living in Larry's shed in the backyard for two years now. I wasn't going to tell you. <laughs> I know, that's our secret. <laughs> How about this? I, I, I think about you, and, and truly, especially now, I, I see or hear your name every day. So you're booking all kinds of venues all over the tri-state. Yeah. That's a lot to manage. I'm just looking at just the more recent bookings you have. How about this one from Sunday March 27th, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Oh, the Pipers. <laughs> oh, that was a well-known awesome. band. Yes. <laughs> the Pipers. This okay. is pretty good. So how this, do you, I mean, where do you start? Because there's ego involved. There's managers who are managing the ego. And sometimes it's not the artist that has the ego. It's the man. I mean, all of that stuff outside of the business, you know, is putting down a contract. You're going to do this and I'm going to pay you this Correct. for doing that. How the hell do you manage all that? I mean, it's because most of the most of it is that you've dealt with these people for a long time already, you know, because they all have agents, and you're de- you're not dealing with like every specific act specific specifically, because they're all they're all managed by or they're all booked by certain agents, and you're uh, so you're you're you have you've cultivated a relationship, and and you know there's some things that you don't agree on, like if, if they want more money than you want to give them, then you know okay, well I just is that, do that usually too. the case. Not where they think they're worth more. That's why we have negotiation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, you need to pay them a, a guarantee. Give them money. Oh yeah. yeah there's, there's guarantees. Most of, most everyone is a guarantee, and then you pay them fifty percent 
you know, or mm-hmm. 10%, depending on who, which act or whatever, yeah. And you've made out well enough to buy nice shirts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's worked for you. The strangest thing, though, to me is uh, the phenomena of the tribute bands selling out like crazy. Oh, you, yeah. You, that, is that a big deal now for you? Yeah, like sometimes, It's pretty yeah. amazing. They sell out quick. Yeah. You know? So you've worked with a lot of local talent, national talent, over 500 concerts booked so far and rolling. But yeah. you have multiple shows going on oh, in the course I mean, of any week, like many shows yeah, at different like last venues. last night I had six different shows going on. Hmm. <laughs> How do you juggle them all? Well, I, have, I have good staff, you know, and, you know, in my uh, management, you know, my uh, marketing team is, is really good. And you know, I have great people who work for me and we all put it together. I'm really excited for you and proud of you because it's it can't be easy to be out in this business on your own initially. oh it's, it's difficult because you know you got the big uh you got these big national corporations that right. just want to squash it squash but, but the, the difference is though you built it brick by brick yeah it's a big difference because you did you know it's, it's not like you just just hand it to you you're yeah. just starting as an intern at kdka brick by brick and that gives some foundation oh, working yeah. with rich angler and right. our producer for this podcast is dick roberts who originally worked for Rich Engler. Oh, and wow. then he worked for Dick Clark oh, Productions. Wow. Yeah. So there's this tremendous Pittsburgh connection, too. I would imagine some of the acts that come from out of town already know about us to some degree here oh, in yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Are we yeah. known as a good hotbed for entertainment? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's. A, I mean, if you look any day of the week, there's a, something going on somewhere yeah. at mm-hmm. some venue. So, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of venues. I mean, there's more promoters in Pittsburgh than almost like New York City. It's really? crazy. Yeah. It's Interesting. so many larger. Com- I mean, but then you go to a place like Columbus and yeah. there's like one. Huh. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make sense huh. to me. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, oh, so you've booked like 500 concerts. What were some of your favorites? Uh, to think about that. Uh, I did, well, I worked on Flaming Lips were a great show. Uh, the Mavericks are always a good show. Um, did the Foo Fighters with, with with Live Nation a bunch of years ago? Um, did a, probably before he went to I did I did Wiz Khalifa a few times, okay. which was great. Um, just no, but there's you know I booked bands that like started as like like John Mayer, like Nickelback, and like these bands that drew like a hundred people their first time in, and then grew into these large acts. So where where was Mayer? Where did he first play? John, you Mayer, John Mayer played down where Nick's Pet City. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty really? cool, man. Yeah, did and he do, really? Do you yeah. have an inkling when when an act starts small like that whether they'll make it big? Can you tell? Is there something about them? Nah, I mean, there's. I mean, everyone's talented. You know what I mean? It just depends on who how they get bigger. I mean, sometimes you're like, well, that's they're going to be big. But sometimes it's, you know, you, some acts you're like, wow, I can't believe they became big. Or like, wow, mm. why didn't they become big? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's difficult. But, you know, but sometimes you say, like we were just talking about Christina Aguilera. Right. You know, how you just knew she had the talent to, mm-hmm. she was going to make it. So it's, it's, sometimes you see it and sometimes you, sometimes you don't. You know, so it's, it's interesting. It is. It yeah. is. That's a good question, huh? So it's overwhelming how, you know, look at Mayor. My God, 100 yeah. people. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine being at that show. What? Yeah, I wish I had been. <laughs> so one of the most famous things that a lot of people are curious about is the rider. This is that, okay, you contract them to do a show 
at 8 o'clock at a venue for yeah. X amount of money. And then comes the rider. <laughs> Explain what the rider is and some of the weird things that you've seen over the years on them from, from Max. Well, I mean, the rider, the big, the big thing that everyone talks about is Van Halen and the brown M&M's yes. thing. Yeah. So that, that actually, and I just recently learned this because I looked it up, but because someone asked me that same question, but they put that in there to make sure that people were reading the writers. Oh, so oh. They did, because very tricky. Keep, write that down, Jim. I got yeah. that. I got, got, <laughs> yeah, got Jim has a, a huge his list writers. on his writer. So, uh, yeah. Do a big, actually, one time, uh, Rich uh, helped me so much. Rich England, my career, helped me so much. But uh, he booked me uh, in uh, Fairmont, West Virginia. At the last minute, somebody canceled the open for Michael McDonald. And I go down. So the, the band had a huge writer. Yeah. It was just me then. I walk in. I swear to God, I could have had a wedding. Like at the elder wedding, there's so much food turkey. Oh, yeah. Just, and you like, thought it was all for you, what didn't did this you? Been order? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the whole. Guys, when you get a larger show and they want right. catering, so you got you know you have just like 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 you're at a wedding, you know. It's, it's it is crazy a buffet style or whatever, whatever. Depending on how big, how many, how big how many people are eating or whatever. But I mean that's I mean that's not every show. Like you don't do that at club shows or smaller shows, right? You know, but like larger shows, it's larger people. There's so many people, like you know, stadium shows and arena shows and even some theater shows. You you, you got to do catering and because there's 50 people and you really can't order out for 50 people. It's not right, easy right. and you just have to get that done. But I mean, but like going back to the whole thing, they were with the Van Halen thing. Right. You, you, they re, they wanted to make sure you read the rider and the rider is. Not like an end-all, be-all, really. I mean, it's just like, this is what we need to put our show on. Mm. You know, like, this is the, what lights we need, this is what sound we need, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, they all have the catering rider. That's what everyone is, it looks about is the catering <laughs> rider because, like, well, we want M&Ms, we right. want Doritos, Special. we want, you know, uh, organic cheese, you know, just stuff like that. It's <laughs> just funny. That's Larry's organic cheese. That's yeah. about a certain type of <laughs> water. Yeah. We oh, need volcanic water yeah. in Brie cheese. I was going to say, has there ever been anything they've asked for that you haven't been able to find? <laughs> yeah. well, you, well, back in the day, uh, oh, it had to be in, like right around 2000, but like when Red Bull wasn't readily available, any, everyone wanted Red Bull, but you couldn't find it. And then a couple of years later, it's like, we can't find Red Bull in Pittsburgh. What are you talking about? You know, but then eventually it became huge. <laughs> so now you're the name, and now you mentioned 100 phone calls a day. Now people want you to book them. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, it's feast or famine maybe for some of these acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for some of them, for sure. I mean, just, I mean, you know, I, I work in a bunch of different venues and, uh, you know, in a bunch of different cities so i mean that's what i said it's just you know everyone wants everyone wants to be booked somewhere and you know and sometimes you know there's competition like i said there's so many people in pittsburgh doing it mm -hmm. um that you you know you just got to make sure you you can't let the competition beat you you know in a sense because sometimes the price goes up where if you do the show you're going to lose the money so you got to be smarter than that and after 15 years hopefully i'm smart enough that i've <laughs> made the right decisions you're still here in a very nice shirt. <laughs> We're with Brian Drusky, Drusky Entertainment, Larry Richard Unfiltered, with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street. More in a moment. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, 23rd and Vine. Thank Bob and Louie, as always, 
If you don't think Bob and Louie is going to throw us out of the wine cellar here. <laughs> and that's not one, it's not one and the same person. Bob and Louie. Bob and Bob Louie. Bob and oh, Louie. That's Howard <laughs> Stern's guy. Uh, we're with Brian Drusky, Drusky Entertainment. Let's talk about some shows you got upcoming because finally it feels like normal now. Is that right everywhere you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, everything's normal. I mean, there's still some COVID restrictions. Some bands want COVID restrictions, you know, because... You know, they're they're on the tour, they're on a bus, and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, COVID's still a thing. I mean, right? It's hopefully, that's, no, here's yeah, it's the, hopefully uh, uh, going by the wayside soon, sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. But you know, there's still people that are you know worried about you know getting sick. So I mean, there's still some restrictions, but for the for for all intents and purposes, it's kind of pretty much back to normal. That's great. So yeah. let's talk about some shows that you got coming up locally in. April. April. Uh, like on uh, Wednesday, we have uh, it's Carnegie Music Hall, Colin Hay from Men at Work. I mean, it's on a good show. Uh, uh, then I have the, like we were just talking about the Mavericks. I have them in Harrisburg and Youngstown this that, this same week. Um, who else do I have coming up? Uh, Ace Freely from Kiss is at Jurgles on Friday. Um God, it has He's to be with, hard think, to keep track. Do this, <laughs> There's so many. I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I, I think he's without makeup. Is he is. That, yeah, he is. He's, he's probably makeup. not allowed to do the makeup if he's oh, by I himself. Oh, Amy Grant on that. Oh, yeah, Amy Grant's in Col- yeah. by Columbus. I remember her from back in the 80s. Yeah. You got the Clarks there. Come yeah, on. the Clarks are doing two shows at Craft House, two small shows. Great place. They yeah. have been a steady staying power for as long in You've known them, Jim, for since forever. IUP days. I mean, they got the guys. Uh, Greg you know Joseph, what it, the chief, was there. Yes, they're talented and uh, consistent in the sense that they're good people. And the combination of being that talented and that the genuine—that's that's a nice formula to win, right? Oh yeah. Oh, and I have to ask because I I know that you know some of these musicians and some of these bands. Mm. You know stuff that you're probably not willing to talk about either. <laughs> <Pretty much>. But <laughs> but I just want to know: are are most of them good people, or yeah. do they let it go to their heads? No, most of them are good people. I mean, most of the people that are on tour and you meet and everything, they're all just normal people like you and I. You know mm. what I mean? But you know, there are some. There are some. Well, you mentioned that, one. You probably don't want to mention no, it no, now. I, I know you don't, but you, you said that he wasn't. <laughs> quite as, as nice. kind yeah. as I had hoped he was. No, so no, I don't want to defli- But no, we, we, won't, we won't talk about it. He shall go unnamed. Yeah. <laughs> but, there, there's, but there are some that are very, uh, you know, the bigger you get, sometimes the, the uh, it gets to your head a little bit. Oh, I started thinking of Jonas Salk or something. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's some that are like that. And, well, it's got to be, you know what, to, 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 just to play devil's advocate, I mean, it's got to be difficult for them, too, to constantly be in the public eye and people always wanting something of them oh, I mean, after yeah, a while exactly. you just probably want to just yeah i well, mean you know, the flip big them thing off. now is they want they want a selfie it's like proof of life yeah, exactly you know instead of really autographs are kind of a thing of the past yeah. to some degree right. it's like they want to see so they can show their friends that picture of you with the artist right can i Get a selfie with you, Sheila. Hell no. If you guys are going to go on social yeah, media, it's not real unless it's on social media. True. Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. That's media. where we all get our it's news now. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jason Bonham. Oh, Jason Bonham, yeah. At the Palace Theater in Greensburg, yeah. April 12th. Now, this is the son of the great John Bonham. Correct. Yep. Who passed away years and years ago. But I saw something with him that was so amazing. 
is when they did the Kennedy Honors Tribute, Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. So Robert Plant and the guys were up in the balcony, but they had uh, Jason playing drums with an all-star band doing Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where this It was spectacular. So I'm interested in that show. Yeah. What it, What is this show? And well, I, I mean, it's it's him doing the Led Zeppelin stuff. You know, I mean, that's it's his version of doing, you know, it, the Led you know, all the Led Zeppelin tunes and everything. So, hmm. uh, and it does well. I mean, he's. He, I mean, they, he, they've talked about having him go do it, and I don't think it's ever going to happen because I don't think you mean with the band with the band and being you know right doing a Led Zeppelin. Reunion. Don't Man, I would like to think, see that. You think that will? Uh, I don't yeah, know. You know. They've been talking about it for years, but yeah, I don't know if it's going to. You wonder the money would be unbelievable, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. At but some point, Robert Plant though, he's into this whole thing with Allison Krauss, and kind he's into team. a different vibe. Yeah. yeah, but there are bands when you go see them, mm -hmm. at least for me, I want them to sound a semblance like what they sounded like back in the day on the record or right. CD or now digitally. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Exactly. And then sometimes you go to a show and they're not really that band mm -hmm. in, in a live performance. And I saw Zeppelin when I was a young guy. Oh, yeah. Couldn't wait to see them. I mean, it's Led Zeppelin. Right. And it didn't sound much like the record. Well, that, you know, that's what's amazing now. And you know, you're singing now and everything. The, the, the way uh, technology's changed. Well, you're right. Whenever in those days, but now bands can maybe sound closer because of auto tune and all the different oh, yeah. technological advances yeah, a, they made. Well, a band can be right, mediocre Lab. and sound great. Yeah. Um, That's why you have big mixing but, boards. Yes, yeah. it's changed. <laughs> it has changed. You're right. You also have uh, at Jurgles. Now, Jurgles has been a great venue for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. It's been a great performance area there in the north off of Warrendale. We've done it's amazing. A couple though. of yeah. uh, Night of the Singing Dead shows, That's which were a blast. Yeah. But these tribute bands, but they get. They get yeah. some big names up there. Oh yeah, we do a lot of stuff up there. I mean, I mean, I've been doing. Uh, I went in there probably now six or seven years ago because uh, I'd I'd owned Alter there for a couple Alter, which was in the strip like we were talking about yeah, before. Okay. And then you know that they sold the building there, and then mm -hmm. I needed that six hundred cap uh, place, and we worked. At, I worked out a deal with Rick and doing shows. Rick Jurgle and uh, I know Kelly and his yep. wife. Great Kelly people. Lisa, yeah. I mean, I would have never. I knew Kelly and Lisa before they got involved in Jericho's. They were just like parents of another student of my son. Huh. You know, they played <laughs> yeah. football mm -hmm. together, and how they got sucked into the entertainment business too, yeah. because their demand is they got to put acts in that venue to to make it. Oh yeah, I mean, Ke I mean Kelly has a good uh, graphic design company too. Yeah, so which we, we how we do most of the graphics for the ball okay. shows too. So. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that that's you know that's been very good uh, venue and and like you said, it's right in the North Hills and you know a lot of, a lot of people like it because you don't have to go downtown and you don't have to pay for parking and you don't have to do all that. It's stuff. a great room, everything about yeah. it. And the, the people are nice. Once again, it comes from the Rick Jarrell's one of the nicest people, one yeah. of the nice, oh, most yeah. genuine person you can meet. But it's a cool vibe when every. If you look deep down in these clubs, it usually comes from the, pat, the the staff, the people running it, yeah, that make it work. Yeah. And then like a place like the Carnegie Musical of Homestead, which is a thousand capacity. Yeah, that's uh, a love beautiful room. venue. Yeah, I mean that place really sat empty for fifty years. Mm -hmm. I mean, not like it's at, like nothing happened, but it was just like was community, those, community yes, theater. You know, this I, I'm ashamed to say I've never been in that venue. I've lived here oh. my whole life. Really, yeah. never have? really in the last ten years. No, no, I played a couple beautiful rooms to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I got to go. He's, what show should go. I see, Brian? <laughs> if I had to pick one, um, you probably don't have a comedy that. show next week. What we were just talking about. Yeah, I, I have a show. Well, I have a show tonight, but that's uh, Justin Willman. I don't know if you know Justin Willman. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's Justin Willman? Is it a comedian? Or he's a comedian it? slash. Uh, Where is this? Magician. Uh, Carnegie oh, Music Hall of Homestead. Oh, cool. I've never been there. That sounds cool. Yeah. A girl named Tom's yeah. going to be there on May first. Yeah. Yachtly Crew. What's that? You got that's <laughs> Yachtly awesome. Crew. That is Yachtly Crew. Yacht, yacht Rock. That. That's a jerk. That's true. Yacht Rock. And you the know way Yacht Rock is? It's your 70s, 70s music. It's your like soft rock. Okay. They look like they could be Love Boat cast yes, exactly. members. That's I am we're, we're looking, I'm all in. We're I looking at our computer screen, Yeah, that's of course, their yeah. They dress up, you know, because it's Yachtly, Yachtly <laughs> Crew. <laughs> I mean, it's Yacht Rock music is at seven, like we were saying, Mike McDonald. Yes, okay. <laughs> Steal away, you know, stuff like that. Uh, James Ingram or whatever. Yeah, James Ingram. James Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Osborne. So, everybody's yeah, got a awesome, stick. Man. I'm in. Exactly. I got to come to that. That's going well too. That's gonna oh, that be is awesome. beautiful. I, as soon as I'm, I got to go. Yeah. When are you there? I'm not there for a while, but I've nothing booked. But I got to go to see well, the Yacht Rock. We, get, we, we got to go. There you go. Get the man. We got to <laughs> exactly. see Yacht Rock. When are you at the uh, Carnegie in Homestead? Not, nothing booked right now. There. Oh, we got to. We well, got to get on that. Come on. We're working. Brian, we're working. Let on. me see here. I'm, I'm looking at all these shows, Brian. There's so many. How do you keep believe track it? of them? Yes. Every single <laughs> day. David Sedaris. David Sedaris. Yeah, that's unique. Yeah. That's yeah, great actors. We're scrolling David through Canadian here to drive by truckers. See what looks familiar. Have you ever Let's seen see. David Sedaris? You know, no. about Al Stewart, you know, the cat. Is he good, Dave? Amazing, genius, brilliant yeah. uh, comedian. Here right? you go. Very funny. Here you go. Jurgles. April 29th. Join us for Bon Journey. Larry, we're there. That's Larry's band. I love Journey. I, but so you were tribute, disappointed by John them bon when they came But the to tribute town. bands are changing. It's amazing yeah. how good they are. Though. You know what? They Brian, know I mean, some of the older bands, like old school stuff, enough of the band members are dying off where they only have a member or two and they fight and they can't get somebody's holding sure. the title of the band. And you might be disappointed if you went because it's not what you think it's going to be. So, did you, so you're talking about Journey? Well, Journey. I mean, yeah. well, no, they. I mean, the, the young guy they got. Well, he's not so young anymore. He's yeah. fifty-two. I forget his name. He's Filipino who who I was on karaoke, right, right? And they discovered him and made him part of the band to fill in the Steve Perry slot. Uh, but they've had other changes and band members fight. Yeah. So my point is, like you brought up, tribute bands are so popular because, for the most part, you just want to go. And remember the songs that that band did, and have them sound like those songs. So the oh, tribute yeah. bands do a great job. Yeah, I mean, there's there's good ones that sell good tickets around here. Like I have Almost Queen, which I have this weekend in Morgantown, but I also have them coming to Vanoski Winery in June. Uh, but they are amazing. Like you get the lead out. I mean, that's there's these. They insane. sound right on. Mm-hmm. Very 1, close. people. Right, and they're tribute. And it sounds a lot yeah. like the band. A a salute. To the Eagles, Hotel California yeah. at the Carnegie like Homestead. Like, May seventh. I could do impressions. We'll figure out a lead. We'll just do a band. We'll do a tribute band. That's, gonna be where go. <laughs> that's right, one that's thing I've never had. saw. Wait, there's a. We never Wait, saw did anybody that say do. Baby Shark. Yes, Baby go, Shark. Oh. At the. At, it's at uh, Packard in Youngstown. <laughs> but I'm saying that's one thing we never saw is like. You know, there's tributes to bands. We never see tributes to comedians. This is true. This is maybe, maybe that's a stick you know for what? You. We're in. I like this that. could be. Yes. We may <laughs> have cracked a whole new. <laughs> I like it. Entertainment genre. We do a tribute to comedians. A right? tribute. Okay, come on, Rodney Dangerfield. Go <laughs> for you, it. I tell you. 
I just watched him the other day on YouTube. It's a funny thing. You go on YouTube, you get lost watching him on Carson oh, yeah, with Dangerfield yeah, yeah, yeah. of all the people. But he had the funniest line, and I'll always love when we make Carson just cry. And, 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 <laughs> and this is so politically incorrect that, that you know they couldn't do no, no, but it's funny. He goes, "Let me tell you, Johnny, it's at a western the other day. The waitress saw oh, she wasn't a good Luther. Oh, well, huh, 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 what, what do you mean? He goes, tell you, I had to pick up a blanket. She said, you might have put wear a windbreaker. And he just, he just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> Very politically correct, but yeah. those, that's just it. None of the comedians probably couldn't do old comedians because the material wouldn't work oh, now. No. You'd be protested no with everything way. Rodney did. You could, yeah, you half of his act, half of mm-hmm. anyone's act, you can't do now. No way. It would be just, oh, you can't say that. You can't mm-hmm. do that. That's, yeah. you know, but so it's, that's why it's probably... I just go on YouTube and watch it because you're never going to hear it again. Yeah, yeah like that George, like George Carlin's uh, seven. What was it? Seven, seven dirty words yeah. or whatever. Yes, yeah. you still just can't gonna, say those. No. no, but just the politically incorrect stuff or whatever. It's just a completely different day now. You know, material wise, can't do it. Yeah. Well, that's why we haven't seen you. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, taking some time, Brian. Oh, thank you. Obviously, you're busy. Where did you get that shirt, though? Uh, high fashion shirt. <laughs> now you can buy everything on Amazon. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to leave the house. But you should go out and be entertained in person at a venue near you. I know that the performers are excited to be back live. I know I've been to a couple shows. Everybody's happy to be out and about. So check out DruskyEntertainment.com. They have their calendar there. And Brian, uh, congratulations on your success and We'll work out the kinks to this comedian. I don't know. What are we going to call it? Tribute. To the, I don't know. Tribute to laughs. I don't want to make up some <laughs> tribute name to laughs. <laughs> we can do a, all the impressions. That exactly. All star cast. We got we to gotta brainstorm this after show. Go. I'm there telling you, I got no respect at all. <laughs> this is the rewrite old material. Can you do a Sam Kinison? I can do a Kinison a little bit. No. Okay. I, I work with we we, we time. Yeah. I, I did a, it's a o- podcast. I opened for him. We got all day. <laughs> all day. So I opened it for him a few times, and uh, it was always fun in uh, graffiti and different play. But there were three times where we're talking about like writers. Maybe think of it since you said writers. You went in and it looked like it looked like the scene. Do you ever see the show Intervention? Right before they get the person in, or right yeah. <laughs> like like that. There's everything you can imagine there, partying stuff. And I'm like, I'm afraid to party with him. He goes, let's go, let's go party, let's go party. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm afraid I'm going to die. Like, you know, party with him. So I, I snapped. So six, seven months later, I opened for him again. Same venue. Everything's changed. He's, he's like religious. He's found oh, religion. Wow. He's got juicers, vegeta- vegetables, everything around him. He's like, real qu- he's reading a Bible. He's wow. reading a Bible. At this, and he goes, Jim, how are you? Like, it's not Miss Cream. Like, she's like, oh, some juice. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same guy. We do the show. He's great always, as always. Six months later, it's back to the winter. <laughs> I'll never forget the line he had. He had a big gulp and he had a bottle of Jack Daniels. He looks at me and he says, Jack's back, Jimmy, Jack's back! <laughs> <laughs> Brian Drusky, thank you, man. Continued you, success. Brother. Larry Richard, Unfiltered, Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, episode 26. And you're going to meet a guy named Bobby Schiffman who ran the Apollo Theater in Harlem for many years next. It's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street. And it's episode 26, and we're very thrilled to introduce you to our next guest, Sheila. You brought this star to us, so... This star, yes. Oh, pretty cool. <laughs> you look at the history of Bobby Shipman and his dad and what's transpired at the Apollo Theater 
It's nothing short of amazing. It's a miracle. It, it started the careers of so many uh, songwriters, talented musicians, you name it. And um, so Bobby ran the Apollo Theater from in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And his father ran it from, I think, the 30s. Right, Bobby? We're so happy to have you here. Tell us about um, how the Apollo Theater all got started. Okay, my father started the Apollo Prior to his taking over that theater, it was owned as a burlesque theater. And in 1934, the mayor of New York City, LaGuardia, outlawed burlesque in New York, so the Apollo became available. My father and his partner were in another theater down the street called the Harlem Opera House, which was built by Oscar Hammerstein but it was only 1,100 seats. So they moved up to the Apollo where there were 1,683 seats. That number, 1,683, eventually caused the demise of the Apollo. Because it was too small and musicians wanted more money than you were able to give them. That's correct. You, there was no way that a theater in the modern era could exist with 1,683 seats, hmm. not unless they were showing dirty movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gave so many black musicians the opportunity to be seen by not just a local audience, but nationally. I mean, Ella Fitzgerald got her start at the Apollo. That's correct. As a member of the amateur show, and you know the funny thing about that story was she went to the amateur show to dance and they were the amateurs were all backstage waiting to, for their chance to go on and the girl in front of her decided to dance she was a dancer also and ella looked at her and said now ella told me this this is fact she said I cannot follow that girl as a dancer. She's too damn good. So I'm going to do something else. What are you going to do? I'm going to sing. And she sang a tisket a tasket. You remember that song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tisket I lost my yellow bit. You remember that? <laughs> that became a hit record for Ella Fitzgerald and was the start of her long, fruitful career. Well, we have an interesting connection with you, Bobby, and we're doing this podcast at a place in Pittsburgh. In it's called Twenty Third and Vine, and the on the south side here. And one of the owners is the business manager for Smokey Robinson, and I know he told the story to us. Remember, Jim? Yeah. About uh, being there and uh, the people taking care of him at the Apollo, which was really uh, where he got a good start too. Do you remember any uh, stories with Smokey? Huh. Smokey and I were very good friends. I used to kick his ass on the golf course every time he came to New York. And it was my pleasure to whip him every time. But Smokey was one of the nicest people in show business. He's a delightful person and became a scion of one of the biggest record companies in, in black music, Mojo, 
the Apollo became the show spot for Motown Records. We were, we were their New York distributor. And Smokey was probably the cause, the cause of that. He was a wonderful guy. He is a wonderful guy. I can't wait for him to call me on the phone. Well, we'll have Bob call. We'll tell him to call you. Yeah, especially <laughs> since you said you kicked his ass playing golf, that may spark a phone call. Maybe because it was a continuous sparking. <laughs> wow. Sparking or spanking? <laughs> yeah, but I, I hear that the, the Apollo, the, the audience was kind of harsh. You had to be brave to perform there, I heard. They, they did not mess around. If you were, they loved you, they loved you. If they didn't, they let you know, right? Yeah, it was a very critical audience. It, it, made or, it made or broke hundreds and hundreds of careers. Hmm. But those people that the Apollo audience embraced went on to unbelievable achievements in the music industry. Hmm. Smokey was one of them. Hmm. Smokey started on the amateur show at the Apollo. Wow. Do you and know that? No. I didn't That's know cool. that. But there were a lot of musicians, as you were kind of alluding to, that were intimidated by going on the stage. And one of those is Marvin Gaye. Tell us about that story. <laughs> Marvin Gaye was not a very good performer. He was a wonderful musician. He was a fairly good singer. But on the stage, he froze up like a... As soon as he hit the, the center of the stage and the spotlight hit him, he went dead. Mm -hmm. um, I had some interesting involvements with Marvin. Most, those were after he became a successful professional. For example, I'll tell you a story. The last time he played the Apollo, I spoke to him on the phone the night before his show. And he said he's taking a plane, he's coming into LaGuardia at eight o'clock in the morning. Would I please send a car for him? I said, sure. Well, when I hung up the phone, I said, the hell with that, I'm gonna go myself in the limousine to pick him up. And so at eight o'clock in the morning, I went to LaGuardia Airport to look for Marvin Gaye. I couldn't find him. I looked all over the damn airport for him and I couldn't find him. I said, well, he screwed up somehow. He must have taken a cab into the, into the city because um, I got a rehearsal scheduled for nine o'clock with 18 musicians sitting there waiting for him. Uh, so I called the theater and they haven't heard from him. So I ran back to the theater and then I called Marvin's home in Detroit and he picked up the phone. He said, Bobby, I was so scared to come on your stage that I took the plane back to Detroit. I, I was just too terrified. Well, now I got a whole week's programming built around Marvin Gaye. Uh, and these 18 musicians in my rehearsal hall are making me crazy. So I sent a guy to get him. I, I assume you'll read into that what that meant. <laughs> I sent a guy with some big bulges in his arms, <laughs> uh, muscles, and the next thing I know, Marvin was um, back 
hit the Apollo. Wow. The, that morning. They took another plane back. The first show goes on at 12.30. When a performer signs up for a show at the Apollo, he signed up under my tutelage for 31 shows over seven days. Shows were every day at 12.30, 3.30, 6.30, and 9.30. And on the weekends, we added an extra couple of shows. Wow. So they did 31 shows. And... Marvin was there to do those 31, and he was really not very good on the stage. <laughs> how, long, how long How long? a time was the show, each show? Was it an hour, 30 minutes? How long did the show go, per show? The show was like an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. Wow. But it had eight acts on there. Oh, okay. They had a act and a dance team and a comic. I see. And the headliner and maybe a vocal group. The shows were really very well put together shows because we had an excellent put together the excellent put together was me <laughs> hey, hey rest, uh, Bobby what who were the most popular performers at the Apollo who really got the crowds going you open up an interesting question you have uh, 40 minutes or 50 minutes? No, we, we unfortunately don't, but you can hit the highlights. <laughs> okay. The best performer that I ever had was Sammy Davis Jr. Really? Sammy Davis Jr. could do anything. He was a comic. He was a great singer. He was a wonderful dancer <laughs> and a brilliant musician. And he, there was one where he played. Where he played every instrument in the band. Can you huh. imagine that? Huh. The stage played the saxophone, the clarinet, the trumpet, the drums, the guitar, the keyboards. He played it all. Huh. Phenomenal. What else you want to know about Sammy Davis Jr.? I actually interviewed Sammy Davis one on one for television six months before he passed. Wow. He was in Pittsburgh. And they say uh, he was pushing Sammy Davis barbecue. I had seen him perform years before with Frank Sinatra at our Civic Arena here, which was cool. And I was having an out-of-body experience seeing Sammy there. You have and to try this sauce, man. Yeah. Uh, check it. It's unbelievable. Well, he'll dig it. What it's, hot. it's spicy. It's got an aftertaste. Well, what happened was he had this entourage with him. And... and at the end, so at first we were going to have 20 minutes. Now yeah. it was only 10. I dig you, Larry. I'm staying another 10. <laughs> so I dig him. he looks at me, and we do an interview with the camera focused on him. Then all we needed, the, the cameraman said we need to get a two-shot for editing purposes. Mm -hmm. And his manager comes in and goes, no two-shot, no three-shot. That's it. We're done here. Let's go. And I look at Sammy Davis, and I'm like, we got to have this two shot. He understood. He had a cigarette burn and he goes, Get your two shot, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you I had a friend. When you have time off the air, I can tell you some stories about Sammy Davis Jr. that'll curl your hair. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> He well, was not as nice as everybody thinks he was. Oh! <laughs> Bobby tells the truth. Or I ever saw. He did it all, and he was a master of all of it. 
but there were some other great performers who came to the Apollo. James Brown, I mean, James Brown had to rock the house, right? Wow. James Brown had to be amazing. I can't hear you very well. You have James to Brown, up. right? He rocked the house? Pardon? James Brown, did he rock the house? Wow. James Brown was a difficult human being to deal with. <laughs> did you like anybody, Bob? So did yeah. Larry. <laughs> he was very tough to deal with, but he was also very productive. And he played the Apollo two times a year, sometimes three times a year. And he, uh, he was wonderful. He set all the box office records at the Apollo. Wow. When James Brown came to town, it was party time. <laughs> and and we every time he came, he set a new box office record. Wow. Of course, we kept increasing the prices a little bit. Mm. Hey, Bobby, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, did, I can tell you a story about James Brown. Oh, I bet you, you can tell me. You want to hear a story? Yeah. Sure. James Brown was on his way to Europe, and he stopped by and had a drink with one of the managers of the Apollo, a young fellow named Honey Coles. The name is a familiar name in show circles. But anyhow, he stopped by on his way to Europe and the two of them got plastered, Honey and James Brown. <laughs> and James Brown on a match cover drew a diagram of how he wanted the stage set up when he returned at the end of his European joint. Well, engineers do not put their designs on a frickin' match cover. <laughs> and the next morning, Lonnie Coles came into me and said, he threw me this match cover, and he said, here's what James Brown wants on a stage. Well, it was a very complicated stage, and it took my crew at the Apollo the whole, a whole week to put it together. Hmm. When they put it together, it was phenomenal. Hmm. It was really phenomenal. Because what James envisioned was nothing like what we finally came up with. But it was phenomenal. And James came back from Europe and he walked into the theater on the morning of his, of his first performance there. And all I heard coming from the dressing room area was a lot of screaming. So I said, what the hell? So I ran backstage and said, James, what's the matter? That's not what I wanted. Oh, no. Listen, you idiot, you wrote it down on a match cover. That's not a uh, stage on a match cover. We did the best we could. He said, well, you screwed up, Bobby. Now I'm going <laughs> to my job. He plays it is job. He got He was a man with a temper. Huh. He was a man who expected the world to bow at his request. He was a tough cookie to deal with. Hmm. But he was and a he hell did. of a musician, Bobby. <laughs> he sold out. Yeah, <laughs> he, he made did. Money. Hey, I, you have a phenomenal memory. I, I know we're not, you shouldn't ask a woman her age, but can I ask a man his age, Bobby? How old I am? I'm 193. <laughs> there you go. Minus 100. No, I'm 93 years old. Okay. And I'm old. Believe me, I'm old. <laughs> Did Richard Pryor play the Apollo, Bob? i tell you what James told me when he came home. He said, Bobby, they love me in Africa. 
He said, they want me to be the king of Africa. I said, yeah, go ahead and sing, sucker. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> Shipman, check out the Apollo Theater, the history. And Bobby, we appreciate you taking some time for us here in Pittsburgh today. Thank you. Wait a second. <laughs> I got here for 43 artists that I'm ready to talk about. Oh, we're just warming up. <laughs> back, We've got more podcasts in the future. Yeah, we'll be, be back. We'll be back with more. Right. <laughs> another time. I'm going to go to Britannica. They're looking for me anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Bobby. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Bobby. Design what? in Washington. Smithsonian. When I did an interview with Smithsonian Institute, they interviewed me for four and a half hours. Wow. Wow. Well, we could, we wish we could, uh, but we're limited in the time that we have to offer. We'll have you on again. Yeah. Run it on a tape. Yes. <laughs> Bobby, thank you. Hey, Bob. My wife should say goodbye, Gracie. All right. <laughs> Bobby Shipman, legend from guy. the Apollo Theater in Harlem. Larry Richard, Unfiltered, Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, Episode 26. Want to thank, uh, I like when you say his name. Marcello. Did she say that with the good? Yes. Jim Patolsky, who's an Passionate. extraordinary engineer. Jim Patolsky. <laughs> Dick Roberts, our producer. Bobby Bazzelli, Louis Caputo, that on 23rd and Bain. Hey, ooh. <laughs> hey. All right, that's a wrap. That Check us out on kdkradio.com or the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y.